Yes, welcome back to Sports Day. Adam White and Bryce for going with you on this Friday night. All thanks to Kia and also Maccas. 30 days, 30 deals. It's back at Maccas. It's time to talk cricket now. And the Cricket World Cup updates are for Henley Homes. Henley's new home designs with drop prices. All the luxuries are now seven-star energy efficiency because Australia have got one game left in the home and away season, if you like. It is Australia versus Bangladesh. And then... It is the finals, the semis. Australia are already there. And Dan Cherney from Code Sports is joining us live from India. Uh, he's been there the whole time and he was there to watch Glenn Maxwell the other night. Dan, thanks very much for your time. G'day, Whitey. Good to be with you. Can you still believe what happened the other night when you reflect back on Glenn Maxwell's heroics? Oh, I'm not quite, quite sure I believed it at the time, Whitey. It was uh, remarkable. Uh, Sort of, we were very much well, well and truly into the planning for uh, a heavy Australian defeat to Afghanistan, and I was writing as such. And uh, you know, you just thought, well, there's, there's no way back from here. Glenn Maxwell's a remarkable player, but uh, even so, you, you wouldn't have thought that they would come anywhere near pulling off what they did. Well, when I say they, really, it was just it was a one-man show, wasn't it? I know Pat Cummins played an, an important support role, but you know, clearly, without Glenn Maxwell, they don't come anywhere near doing what they did and just uh, you know, thought a couple of weeks ago against the, Nether- the Netherlands was going to be his signature innings, but really that just proved to be the undercard. This was uh, an, an extraordinary knock. And I think, you know, the tributes in the days since have suggested that it's probably the greatest one-day national innings of all time, certainly from an Australian perspective. I, I just can't see how any previous knock surpasses it. And I've had a look through and there have been, there've been some greats, don't get me wrong, the likes of Michael Bevan and Adam Gilchrist, Ricky Ponting, Dean Jones, Steve Waugh, but... I think this this takes the cake. So yeah, br- extraordinary. Oh, sorry, buddy. Yeah, no, no, no. So Bryce and I were talking about this a little bit earlier in the show, just about watching it on television and just being gobsmacked what we were actually seeing. But to be there live, you know, you knew the circumference of the ground, you knew the conditions, um, the atmosphere. Um, you know, obviously, Glenn cramping. Just just take us through all that was going on and you being there, what it was like. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of surreal and you're just sort of piece, piecing back. Uh, I was going to say, a bit like a car crash, it all happens in slow motion. Maybe, yeah. maybe a car crash for Afghanistan, certainly not for Australia. It was sort of a, a, a car a car rescue, so to speak. But uh, look, even just sort of the little things, you know, we just to paint the picture, sort of we got served, they served dinner relatively late in the, in the, in the, uh, in the press box in India. Um, I sort of went for a bite at about 8.30. Um, I thought, oh, just to... Uh, I was going to come back and just sort of finish off what was, what was shaping as a certain match report. And, you know, I was, wasn't didn't even step out. I was still watching the game, just sort of step to the back of the area for, for, um, for 10 minutes. And I just thought in that moment, it sort of started to dawn, surely not. You, know, you just start to talk to a couple of the other journos and think, could this actually happen? And you look around and, um, you know, you know, Glenn Maxwell can, can club sixes. I mean, that, that's not and continued to all parts of the ground. That itself was not a surprise, but it was just the consistency with which he was doing it. Uh, and I think the other thing was that Afghanistan were bowling so well in the first half of the innings. I mean, Maxwell himself was out almost almost out a few times. I mean, he really should have been out on 33, put down, and it should have been all over then. Um, when Majib dropped him yeah. uh, short final leg, that was a, a real sitter, and then there were a couple of other um, near misses. But, no, like, I think overall... Uh, you know, it, it just started to dawn that this could actually happen. And, uh, you know, Afghanistan started to err. I mean, Maxwell was cramping significantly. I mean, he looked like, it really did look like he wasn't going to be able to go on. I mean, when he went down on 147, it was as though he'd been shot. 
you know, he was spasming. It was violent, really. It was it was quite distressing for a moment. But, I mean, it was one of those press boxes where people are just, you just wow every few seconds or every few minutes. And, and there's audible gasps and there are claps from the other side of the press box from Indian journalists. And maybe that's more cultural here, but it was just shock and, um, you know, just complete bewilderment at what you were seeing and, and awe by the end. And you really did feel privileged to be there. Dan, do you think this, from an Australian team perspective, sets him up with enormous confidence? I know it was only one man, but do they feel ultra confident when they're batting maybe ahead of him that they can play with complete freedom knowing that he's to come? He's also scored the fastest ever 100 in a World Cup this tournament as well. So do you think it has this uh, share, shared confidence now with the, within the group? Yeah, it's a good question, Bryce. I mean, I think you can look at this either way. Uh, that yes, it was an extraordinary effort and should have a lot of confidence, should give them plenty of confidence that Glenn Maxwell can pull them out from any scenario and maybe that it does become a bit of a Michael Bevan type complex or Mike Hussey where you get guy where you just have that, or even Ben Stokes from an English perspective where you have that faith that as bad as things are, you've still got Maxwell there to, to somehow find a way. But by the same token, you know, they were seven for 91 against Afghanistan and in a world of trouble and there are some other areas up the order and, and, and with the ball as well where things aren't going quite that swingly now that that is harsh because they won six in a row they booked a spot in the semi-finals so there's, there's more going right than wrong but you just hope and look I, I you have faith in in the australian team set up that, that they it won't paper over the cracks and that some of the areas um perhaps up the order which which haven't been going quite as well um will not be will not be uh, glossed over in the wake of glenn maxwell's extraordinary extraordinary knock the other night Put your selector hat on, Dan. What would you do, Steve Smith, to come back in, given uh, that he missed the game through vertigo, um, trusting that he's okay to play? What would you do? What would the lineup look to you? Because it hasn't fired at all cylinders all the time. Yeah, and really, it's it's going to be the first time. Well, it it, sh- it, sh- it should be the first time that, um, and I don't think they'll all be right for tomorrow. I think they'll rest one or two, I don't quite know who yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if Sean Abbott got a go for this game against Bangladesh, which is effectively a dead rubber. Not so much for Bangladesh, you were still trying to keep their head above water from a Champions Trophy qualification spot. But when you do look ahead to the next week's semi-final against South Africa, uh, you know, and you expect them all to be ready, I think it probably comes down to a choice between Marnus Labuschagne and Marcus Stoinis for team balance. I think the rest of the team just about picks itself. Now, I know Steve Smith hasn't had a great World Cup, but I just think he's, as the champion that he is, and his ODI record, um, that, that, that if he's fit, he, he has to be picked. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think he's played some some reasonable innings in this in tournament. He's got out in some strange ways, but I would back him in and, and you just couldn't leave him out for a semi-final. So, it, as I said, it does come down to whether you want that just extra batting depth with Marnus. And, look, Australia haven't batted out their overs with all that great consistency. So, you know, you could say, well, Marnus doesn't score that quickly, but if you're not batting at the overs, it doesn't really matter. Whereas Stoinis is an interesting one. You know, his batting has been... You know, very hit and miss. Uh, he's had a couple of nice cameos towards the end of the innings, but, um, you know, you wouldn't say he's bankable. Um, and then with the ball, well, he's he's barely been used. I mean, he's oh, I think it's 14 overs or, or so in, in, in five games, so you're really only getting a few overs out of him. But he can have, but, you know, he, he does bring that different variety. You know, he, he bangs it in, as they say, bowls a heavy ball, can sort of break things up in the middle overs. So it probably comes down to the pitch, I think, and whether they think that it's going to be a more batting-friendly or bowling-friendly deck, uh, and it becomes sort of a game day or game eve decision. I, I don't, I don't have a really strong view either way. Um, I suspect that they will err towards Stoinis because they just think 
that even though Glenn Maxwell's had a great tournament, with the, a very good tournament with the ball, that you know you, you could see South Africa sort of um, get uh, get away from him, and then you might want an extra bowling option up your sleeve. I know they got Mitch Marsh and Travis Head, so there are some options there, but I just reckon they'll they'll go with Stoinis. But I, I'm still not sure that's the right way to go uh, because you know by the same token, if you if you're two or three down, Marnus, while he's not he's not a, a hair in this in that respect, he, he does you know. Um, solidify the batting and he can still strike at sort of 80-85 and, and that might still be enough in, in a tight semi-final. We're talking to Dan Cherney live from India for Code Sports and Dan, I'm, I'm interested, you sort of touched on it before about the bowling. That That's where I'm worried about Australia going into the semi-finals with the firepower that South Africa has got and obviously just the, the complete class of India. We haven't really fired on all cylinders with the bowling. Do you think that is a concern going into the, the back end of the tournament? Oh, yeah, I think it is. Whitey. Look, I, I think if you look at the Australia's tournament, the ball as a whole, it's been patchy. They've been very reliant on Adam Zampa, uh, who, who started the tournament poorly, it must be said, and then had that fantastic run of five or so games where he kept on taking threes and fours and, and went through, overcame all manner of, uh, of ailments to, to star with the ball consistently and, and take wickets in the middle overs. They haven't struck consistently up the front. I mean, they did so against India in that first game when they were defending a small total, and Josh Hazelwood and Mitchell Stark took wickets early. Uh, and then, uh, obviously, Stark took that wicket of Johnny Bairstow, first ball against England, which is you know, probably a bit lucky down the leg side. Um, but I think, overall, it hasn't quite you know struck consistently or hit, hit, uh, hit consistently. And Stark's probably the biggest one there that needs to lift. I mean, he is... And I'm loath to criticise Mitchell Stark as a white ball bowler because he is an absolute champion. And whatever happens from here throughout the rest of the World Cup, he will go down as, as a white ball great for Australia. He was a superstar in 2015 and 2019. But his white ball form, is, he's probably not the white ball player that he was. And he doesn't necessarily need to be. He just needs to be, you know, just a, a bit tighter, a bit less wayward. You know, if you can take one wicket in the power play, that, that will make a, a big difference. I think Josh Hazelwood's done a pretty good job all the way through. He's been pretty tight. He, not like he's taking huge bags, but he's you know, chipping in for, for one or two at most games. Pat Cummins has been hit and miss a bit too, but made some really crucial interjections as sort of a a, a role player in through the middle overs uh, and a little bit of the death. Uh, he's just, he's not the, the test. He doesn't bowl like he does in test cricket. He mixes it up, um, variations, um, bowls some short balls, you know, a bit like he did during the Ashes, just having to be a bit creative. Um, and then Maxwell, who's done a pretty good job. So, look, the bowling, it hasn't been a disaster by any stretch, but, uh, you know, they're also not going to necessarily... You wouldn't want to have to keep relying on the top side to make 367 or 388 like they did against Pakistan and New Zealand, respectively. You want to be able to sort of defend 300-odd. And uh, at the moment, I have my doubts against a, a South African side that uh, has, has huge firepower, albeit as not a very good chasing team. Yeah, well, that was the question I was going to ask you, Dan. Is, is that just a strategic play that they they force South Africa to do that? The two games they've lost have been chasing. They've lost the direction and maybe felt the scoreboard pressure. Is that just automatic by Australia? Win the toss, um, bat first, put up any score and look to defend it? Yeah, look, I think so, Bryce. I mean, I think if you look at both Australia and South Africa on paper, now I know um, Glenn Maxwell got them out of a huge hole the other night, but... They, they have tended to bat for that better first. And yes, you obviously want to look at the conditions. Um, it's likely going to be in Kolkata uh, this, this week. But um, I, I think you, you, given South Africa and how poor they have been as a chasing side, and more to the point how brilliant they are at batting first, 
Um, and especially, you know, I don't want to do a cliche, but when you look at a semi-final in South Africa's history in that format, you, you prefer them to, to be batting second um, just in terms of the the um, the mental barrier there for the Proteas, which is obviously generations old um, <laughs> from, from their perspective. So uh, I, I think so. I mean, yeah, look, I, I'd be very surprised if South Africa won the toss and didn't bat first. I'd be very surprised if Australia won the toss and didn't do the same. Now, that's not to say that the toss will be the determining factor in the game, but um, I think the stats would suggest that um, it's a reasonable advantage either way. Last one, Dan. Just on the whole India feeling, they haven't lost a game. They're playing a World Cup at home. Uh, do you feel that the the pressure is building on, on India? Is the interest in the World Cup improving or getting more um, emotional as they continue to go along on this unbeaten sequence? Yeah, like I was, I was fl- flicking through the TV channels yesterday. I was like flicking, I'm flicking between Star Sports 1, 2, to a 27. But uh, <laughs> um, they have... Uh, <laughs> Amongst Bollywood and the, <laughs> movies. And the Hindi versions as well. But <laughs> I did see a promo for India's game against the Netherlands on Sunday, which is the final pool game of, of the tournament. And uh, the, sort of, the, the promo was just India ticking through the wins, you know, 1-0, 1-0 2-0, up to 8-0, which they are now. You know, winning form is very good form. Clearly, they've done so little wrong. They've managed to overcome the the loss of Hardik Pandya for the tournament to this point. Um, you know, they, they really do want for very little there. Uh, look, the pressure is mounting. The pressure will be immense come semi-final day, almost certainly in Mumbai against New Zealand now, uh, who did knock them off famously in similar circumstances four years ago in England. Um, but, and, and you look, you look around, it's, also, it's Diwali this weekend, so just, it's a real um, party festival, party feeling around, or celebratory feeling around where, where I'm in Pune and I'd imagine around the whole country. But the pressure is going to be immense. But by the same token, you could say that the pressure is always immense on Indian cricket. It's been a long time since they've won an ICC event. You have to go back to 2013, the Champions Trophy, and then, you know, if you, if you look at that, it's probably a second-tier tournament. It's to, since 2011 when they won the uh, the World Cup on home soil. Um, when MS Dhoni finished it in style, as Ravi Shastri famously said at the One Katie Stadium, uh, you know they've lost a lot of finals and semi-finals of, of, of ICC events, even as recently as the World Test Championship final to Australia back at the Oval in June. So, yeah, the pressure will be huge, but um, you know they couldn't have really done much more. The preparation has been just about perfect, with the exception of Pandya's uh, injury, and I still think they're the team to beat. I still think they will win it, but you know it is one-day cricket. In one or two special performances from another team, pressure gets to one or two of the Indian players and, and things change dramatically. So on form, they should win it, but uh, you know the margins are not huge here. Dan, as always, uh, appreciate your time on SN 1116. Uh, enjoy tomorrow night's uh, last match uh, in the pool stage or the round robin stage or the home and away stage, whatever we're calling <laughs> it, because everyone's playing each other once uh, with Australia taking on Bangladesh and then next week, the finals. It should be a, a terrific ending. Uh, no worries. We're looking forward to the Brownlow on Monday night. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Dan Cherney joining us there live uh, from India. The Cricket World Cup updates for Henley Homes. Henley, new seven-star house designs with dropped prices. We'll be back with more right after this.